In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How is it that God's people, us, how is it that we should see the cross? You just heard at the end of that, as soon as our Lord Jesus Christ willingly gave up his spirit unto death, that the earth shook. Why? Because the gates of Hades had just been burst asunder. And immediately, we're told, when Jesus gives up his ghost and the earthquake happens, the dead come out of their grave proclaiming Jesus Christ. How shall we see the cross in God's holy church? We shall see it through the lens of blessed St. Paul, who expresses it so perfectly in his letter to the church of Galatia in chapter 6. But God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We have heard this truth in the prayers, many prayers throughout Passion Tide, that immediately begin praying, we glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. To glory means to make our boast in the cross. To glory means to direct our whole life at anybody who looks upon us and says, don't look at me, look upon the cross. For any good thing that's been done in me is because of Christ Jesus going to the cross so very willingly. We glory, we make our boast in Christ who hung upon the cross. Tonight we consider only three, and there could be so many. We consider only three reasons. We meditate upon only three reasons this evening of why it is that we should glory and rejoice in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first reason is this, that on the cross... Two major feast days of the Old Covenant are fulfilled in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. The first one, the Feast of Passover. Christ, our Pascha, means Passover. Christ, our Passover, willingly became the spotless Lamb of God that would be sacrificed for us. And by his blood shed as if he was putting on us the very blood that he shed, like the doors and the lintels and the posts of the doors in the Old Testament when his people were in bondage in, Eden, in excuse me, Egypt. When that happened, two things occurred with the sacrifice of that lamb. Death had to pass over them. Death could no longer touch his people, and that night, because of the blood shed, they were released from the life of bondage to Egypt. And my friends, you and I have had that blood poured upon us through our baptisms, and we are freed from Satan, our Pharaoh, and a life of bondage because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, and death cannot touch us. The second feast that was fulfilled when Christ was on the cross was the feast day of the atonement. The once a year feast where the sins of all God's people, Israel, would be completely covered for that entire year. And let's remember that sacrifice 
and the meaning that it shows us of what Christ did on the cross for us. God called his people on that day. The whole nation would offer two goats to him as a sacrifice. And they would be offered to the high priest. And the priest would take one of the goats and he would take it to the altar of sacrifice. And he would kill it, shedding its blood upon that altar. And that same priest would take the blood in a basin and he would go into the most holy place. The holy of holies where the Ark of the Covenant was. The very presence of God resided in that place. And he would take hyssop and he would dip it in the blood. And he would splatter it upon the mercy seat which was the top in between the two cherub angels of the Ark of the Covenant. And then he would kneel. And he would first pray for the covering of his own sins. Then he would pray for the covering of the sins of his family. And then he would pray and intercede and mediate with God for the sins of all the nation of Israel, God's holy people. And only when God gave him the indication that the sins were covered would he leave. And now he would come out and he would take the second goat that was to be sacrificed. And as the high priest, he would lay his hands upon the goat, imputing all of the sins of Israel onto that beast. And then someone was chosen to take that goat and to walk it all the way through God's people Israel, out of the city of Jerusalem, into the wilderness. What would the people witness? The beast, with all of their sins, goes out of the city and they can see it no more. My friends, the sins being imputed upon that beast and the sins being imputed upon Christ upon the cross were not an indication at all that God was pouring out his wrath in judgment. This was a sign, a declaration of the full extent of the mercy and forgiveness of God upon his people. For what does God do with our sins having been covered in the blood of Jesus Christ? Just like that goat, when we repent and he forgives, it's as if those sins are carried away. He takes them out of us. He takes them from us. And he goes out of our sight. And it's to be kept out of our minds and hearts. Because the Lord your God, when he forgives your sins. He casts them as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. Don't let Satan nor your own flesh start remembering sins that Christ has put away, and all because of the cross. And so we rejoice because our Lord Jesus Christ, in the act of the cross, became both the high priest of the atonement and also the sacrifice. That your sins could be granted the great mercy of God. And peace completely restored to your blessed conscience. The second reason that we glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ comes from the preface of the cross that you've heard chanted all throughout Passion Tide. There are two things to see here. Listen to the words. You've heard, because of the wood of the cross, thou gavest mankind salvation, that so whence death arose, life might also rise again. My friends, it was because of the will of man, not God, that death entered into this world. And by the will of our Lord Jesus Christ, the second Adam, who willed himself to suffer and to death, death has been conquered and true life has arisen through
through the cross and from the grave. Because he willed to die, he willed you and me to live. Also in the preface, because of the cross, that foe, Satan, who by a tree had conquered, by this tree might be overcome through Jesus Christ our Lord. Satan used the tree in the garden as the instrument of his deception to mankind, a means, an instrument to separate man from God, bringing death into the world. And now we find Satan undone by the very instrument that he used to kill. For as Christ hangs upon the cross, this tree becomes the instrument of your deliverance. This tree becomes the instrument of your life. And this tree becomes the instrument of reunification with your heavenly father. St. Paul again puts it greatly in Colossians chapter 2. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive together with him. Having forgiven you all your trespasses. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. Which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. I love that phrase. Our Lord Jesus Christ, as he hung on the cross, made a public spectacle of Satan and all of his demons. While Christ, think about this. While Christ was being ridiculed by mankind and the evil of mankind, while he was being ridiculed on the cross, all the while Jesus Christ is making a spectacle and humiliating Satan and all the demonic and throwing him down for our freedom. St. Theodore of Seer said it this way, Since through the bodily affections the demons have power over us, he clothed with the body was more powerful than sin. And he overturned the power of the adversaries. He made their stupidity known to all, since through his body the victory was given to all of us against them. The final reflection I'll share with you tonight as to why we glory and boast and rejoice in the cross of Christ is because Christ, by the cross, has gifted us with an everlasting shield and powerful weapon against our enemy and our flesh. Listen to the words of St. Cyril of Jerusalem about making the sign of the cross. Let us not be ashamed to confess the crucified. Let the cross, as our seal, be boldly made with our fingers upon our brow and on all occasions over the bread we eat, over the cup that we drink, in our comings, in our goings, before sleep or lying down and rising up. When we are on the way and when we are still, it is a powerful safeguard. It is without price, for the sake of the poor, without toil because of the sick. For it is a grace from God, a badge of the faithful, a terror to devils. For he displayed them openly, leading them away in triumph by force of it. For when they see the cross, they are reminded of the crucified. When you make the sign of the cross in church, preparing 
praying in your homes, when you go through your day. And my friends, when you are under temptations, you make the sign of the cross. You just heard why. This is not a physical activity. It's a grace gift. And it is powerful in the moments of our life. For when we make the sign of the cross, we bring into that moment the grace of the fulfillment of everything Jesus hung on the cross to accomplish for our souls. When you are under temptation, when your minds are struggling with thoughts that shouldn't be there, let Christ be your peace from the cross by making the sign of the cross. And when the devil and the demons see the sign of the cross, they see the crucified and they have to flee your presence because our Lord Jesus Christ from the cross gives us a share in every aspect of victory that he won for us this night. By, by Christ and his holy cross, we've obtained forgiveness through it. We have been granted unlimited mercy. By his cross, we've obtained our deliverance to him and through him to paradise. And by his cross, we vanquish Satan, evil, and the demonic walking forever in his victory. And by his cross, his holy and life-giving cross, my friends, you are healed. You are made whole again. How shall we see the cross? Not from the backside of it, my friends. Not from before the cross. Not in the suffering alone. We are a people that have been filled with life on the other side of the cross because of this. And so we glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray tonight that even, even as we come to adore and venerate Christ upon the cross and the crucifix, you will glory with thanksgiving in what he has done for you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.